If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Oh, well, that is right. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those that want to watch the program live or on demand. I kind of sigh as we start the program this morning because I, look, we haven't um, specifically talked about this at this point. And today we're going to talk about uh, the Brianna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I just, it, I, I'm, I don't, this is, this is a difficult thing to get into. There is uh, tragedy. This is, this is just something that's bad all the way around. Um, but there's also some things that are happening that are completely irresponsible. There's some things that are happening that are not reflective of reality, I guess. They're not reflective of what actually happened. There's also differences of opinion, which is certainly understandable. Um, But in a nutshell, in a nutshell, just to quickly, I, I guess, summarize the there was a grand jury that convened and reviewed the case surrounding Brianna Taylor's tragic death in Louisville and they decided to proceed with one set of charges which included reckless endangerment by one of the officers, and I'll kind of get into that. You know, there is – well, it, and then beyond that, I'm watching video now, uh, B-roll footage on Fox in the background here where a U-Haul truck rolls up into Louisville yesterday, I believe even before – I could be wrong – before the final ju- grand jury findings were announced. It was – if not, it was really close to that time. It had clearly been – uh, you know they were preparing for riots as they had shy, uh, shy signs and shields um, that came in this in this U-Haul uh, U-Haul vehicle in in Louisville, and so of course last night as well, two officers have been shot. So this is this we've reached an incredibly volatile situation, 
And unfortunately, none of these cases um, were no longer allowed to look at them, you know, up just upon their own merits. Every case now that is uh, cited as part of the example of uh, that the Black Lives Matter movement cites as evidence of police um, and society basically having two systems of justice. They all become intertwined, and so these this just becomes difficult on a lot of levels. And so I want to play I want to play to start this out a soundbite from Joy Reed. Joy Reed is a radical leftist. She's a commentator on MSNBC, although I just repeated myself there. She is explaining in uh, from her perspective what this ruling, what the um, what the grand jury's findings, the decisions that that grand jury made. And a grand jury is by nature uh, uh, there's protection for secrecy for those who are involved and there's you know been some comments made by the family attorney Benjamin Crump that uh, really call into question some things that have been part of our system for a long time but you know people don't people don't know these things and a lot of a lot of instances and so it sounds like uh, evidence is trying to be withheld and there's still confusion about about facts i mean this is I, I think any reasonable, rational human being could agree that this is a tragic, tragic uh, set of circumstances. So, and, and with an incredibly tragic and sad outcome, the loss um, of Brianna Taylor. And so, I guess to summarize, before I play Joy Reid here, Brianna Taylor's ex-boyfriend, um, the police were. You know, he was a believed, uh, an alleged drug dealer. And so now it's her ex-boyfriend. But police had evidence that he had been to the house as early as January. This this event, I believe, took place uh, in March, the tragic shooting. So police were trying to uh, serve a series of warrants on this uh, alleged drug dealer who was the ex-boyfriend of Brianna Taylor, but whom they had seen in uh, at her apartment in recent months. And so they got a search warrant. The search warrant was originally, uh, well, I guess was, um, was actually, they were approved for a no-knock search warrant, but police said that they did, uh, in fact, knock. They knocked and identified themselves, although there's confusion, uncertainty. Brianna Taylor um, and her boyfriend at the time of the shooting were in the apartment where the search warrant was served. It was her search warrant, her apartment, and her boyfriend, her boyfriend at the time was there, and he says he'd never heard the police knock and identify themselves. So they were sleeping. It was something like 1230 in the morning. Um, they, The police say they knocked, no response. So they grabbed the the battering ram or you know the, the, the big device that knocks open doors. They busted the door open. 
uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend assumed or wasn't sure, thinking it was um, her ex-boyfriend, grabs his handgun, he says, and fires off a shot, striking one of the officers. Officers return fire with a flurry of, um, you know, I, I I think I heard twenty. I don't know. I think I heard twenty shots. I, there's some some uncertainty in some of these these uh, some of these things, but it came from um, a couple of uh, officers. One officer was outside. He is the one that was charged with reckless uh, endangerment because he was outside actually firing through, as I understand, again, from what we understand, um, closed, I think, closed blinds or some such thing. The FBI determined that it was his um, his weapon that killed someone. I believe it was the FBI. The state's investigation could not def- uh, identify which uh, officer actually fired to kill Brianna Taylor, but she was shot. I, I've seen six or eight times, six or eight times. She was caught effectively in, uh, you know, the, the, the police responding and, and firing to the shot that was fired at them from her boyfriend. And she dies and is, well, it's pronounced dead on the scene. And so that, again, is just a really quick overview of what happened as we understand it. And so, um, anyway, that's that's the evidence. So, or that that's that's the case. And so, the grand jury was convened. They met, were provided the evidence, and then they made a decision as to whether or not charges would be pursued, and if so, what those charges would be. Which officers, if any, would face would face charges? If you know, uh, and if if some would not. And so they decided yesterday that there was one set of charges. Again, it was uh, the charges were uh, they recommended charges be filed against the the officer who was firing from outside of the building. I believe his some of his shots may have, from what I understand, somebody's shots um, actually pierced or went into the neighboring apartment, which made it a. Uh, for the grand jury, a different set of circumstances because now they're starting to fire on people not even in that apartment. Of course, then the narrative becomes, if you listen to the family's attorneys, who, by the way, are suffering tremendous loss here. This is absolutely horrible and sad, the circumstances here. But the the job here is to determine what the law, what what is the law, and, and as Andy McCarthy pointed out, the law cannot stop every tragic circumstance. There's not always an answer. The question is, did anyone violate the law with what they did? Did anyone do that? And it was the determination of the grand jury that the officer who was firing from outside that was, you know, really um, participating in their estimation in ways that he shouldn't have been and was endangering other people outside of that room, which of course is terrible to endanger anyone in that room. But, but we have to be, I I just, to me, to me, it's pretty obvious if you're a police officer and you get fired at, um, you then have a right to fire back to stop the threat. They don't know. I also certainly without question understand 
if you don't know, if you don't know that the police are there, if this is, you know, if, if this is true, if you just think someone kicked in your door at 1230 in the morning and you're in, uh, you've been asleep and you're concerned already about your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend and what he might do, you know that he's engaged, you believe he's engaged in the selling of drugs, um, and you think that maybe he's coming to harm you and your girlfriend. I also understand grabbing your gun. And if you don't know, I mean, look, he's trying. It's quite reasonable to think he's trying to eliminate what he believes to be a direct threat to him, somebody that's breaking in to harm them, if in fact he did not know that they were, that they were uh, officers. So it's understandable. And then once the bullets begin to be fired, it's understandable that someone in that apartment, again, I'm just going through the facts of this and trying to take some of the emotion out of this because that's part of the problem in this situation is that, I, I mean, you can, you can say that it's certainly tragic that she died, but is it, is it criminal? Is it criminal? And when there's, there's now pressure, there's now pressure on grand juries, on prosecutors, in this case, the attorney general of the state of Kentucky, who took this case over because the local, uh, the local prosecutor uh, claimed a, what, a, uh, uh, drawing a blank on the term, but he basically did, he, uh, didn't have, he couldn't be unbiased. He, he had a conflict of interest. There we go. So those are the circumstances, and this has been turned into by some that, uh, that to an argument and to a narrative that said officers effectively uh, targeted someone in a different way because of their race, and they went in prepared to use i mean some people want to murder so if it's murder charges i mean murder requires at least the higher degrees of murder that you first degree murder requires that you plan it that it's it's premeditated you plan this out i don't know if anyone was calling for first degree but they're calling these officers murderers they're calling them murderers although I think we can all agree that this is tragic, sad. Um, we, there could be questions on the no-knock raid situation. That seems fair and reasonable to me, although it appears from what we've known, from what we found out, that they did knock. But it's also completely understandable. Maybe the individual, maybe the individual in the home, her boyfriend, did not hear that. I'm thinking about, you know, my my home, just because someone knocks on the front door and yells police, I don't know in the middle of the night if I would be able to recognize that, especially if you're already a little bit uncertain about her boyfriend coming back and harming her or you or anyone else who may be in that apartment. So it's a, it's clearly a very tragic, sad circumstance regardless of anyone's race, gender, ethnicity. We're all human beings. This is a bad situation. It's bad for the officers. It's bad for the, obviously, for Brianna Taylor, her family, her boyfriend, the individual that they were, uh, that they were serving the warrant against was not, was not there. Although, again, 
based upon the the actual search warrant, they had reason to believe that he had been there. They'd seen him there in, a, in recent months. They were given the search warrant. I mean, maybe there's questions as to whether or not that was adequately done. I don't know. Again, we don't know a lot of the information, but to take some of the comments that we hear that fuel this this racial tension in this nation, in my mind, is completely inexcusable. I understand people can have different opinions on this, but some of the things that people have concluded here that they're saying that have now become part of this narrative is just, I think, I think incredibly, um, incredibly flammable as far as the the comments go. They they inflame and cause further divisions again they've basically they've the, the comments the comments and the angst and tensions led to circumstances in the city of Louisville last night that ended up with the shooting of two uh, two police officers people preparing to riot i mean there's there's all different types of people involved in this you got people who have been fed a, a series of uh, information that doesn't include the the information i just shared they're basically told that cops knocked on a door. They had the wrong house, um, which is not true. They went in, didn't identify themselves, which appears to not be true. It appears that they did identify themselves. It doesn't mean that he necessarily heard them or understood that, but the narrative is that they went in with the intent of doing whatever they had to do, even if that meant shoot and kill someone because they were black and their life didn't matter. And that's simply, there's no evidence of that in this case. It's tragic. It's sad. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I think we can say that and still also understand, I would think, I would hope, where the grand jury is coming from. But that's that's not where we are. And it's not where we are because there are people who who are leading this this movement, who tell us they're trained Marxists, who don't like this country as founded. They hate it. They hate its ideals and principles. They want to see it overturned. They see that there's a way to emotionally manipulate people in these circumstances. It doesn't mean that there's never a case of racism um, you know, in, in law enforcement. But to say that there's systemic problems that, as LeBron James says down, black uh, black Americans are hunted down every day by police. That's what some folks believe this narrative falls into. And so some folks are genuinely scared and afraid because they've, in many cases, not been told the truth. They've been told bits and pieces of truth. Sometimes they've been told outright lies. And again, I think we can, we, we got to find a way to, to, to bring some healing here because this is, tragic on multiple levels and now again we have two other officers that are brought into the fray here through the violence and and mayhem that has ensued in the wake of this and the grand jury's findings so time for a break actually long in this segment come back and share some of these irresponsible comments including msnbc's joy reed when we get back sit tight you're listening here to the home of conservative not bitter talk i am your host todd huff back in just a minute
Welcome back. You know, if I sound a little bit different today, I'm going to tell you, it's because I don't like talking about this. I really don't. This is this is uh, tragic and sad, and there are there are still uh, I you know you, you think about the the family who the the city or state I guess the city as as settled civilly with them twelve million dollar um, settlement I guess with the city over the wrongful death. Uh, over uh, over the death, the tragic death of Brianna Taylor with her family, um, they have vowed to make some changes to policing, and maybe maybe that is needed here. I, my, my question is, and I'm going to play the soundbite from Joy Reid, MSNBC. But my question here, as you listen to what she's saying, was she at one point says this was a Black Lives Don't Matter ruling. Basically, they just don't care. I, I just th- this is this is really irresponsible in my estimation. This throws gasoline onto this fire, onto the racial tension, onto the problem. And at some point, at some point, if you do this enough, you have to start looking in the mirror. If you're some of these talking heads, when you see people take action, further action in the street of Louisville, Kentucky, and harming attacking, shooting police officers because the warrant was granted. The warrant was issued. If the warrant was issued, I would like people like Joy Reid to say to me, to explain to us what should have happened at that point. At that particular point, you can question whether the warrant should have been issued. I'm okay with that. Maybe there was, I don't know. I don't know enough about this. I wish more people would say that. I don't know. But the warrant was issued. Maybe it should not have been issued. Maybe the the judge should have requested more information before he or she issued said warrant. Maybe based upon the law, it had exactly what was necessary and needed for the warrant to be uh, issued. The question then is, if the warrant is issued, once police do what that warrant tells them to do, what should they have done differently? What could have – I mean – we have to we have to put ourselves in the situation. We have to put ourselves in the situation where you're an officer, you acknowledge, you know, you you announce according to reports, according to testimony that you are with the police and you're coming in with a search warrant and then the next thing you know you're shot at. You don't know if another shot at that point is coming. It's completely reasonable to think that it is at that point. And your job, your job at that point allows you to, any of us, to stop deadly force, which being shot at is someone using deadly force. Now, I'm not saying, please don't read into what I'm saying. I'm not saying that that's not understandable um, based upon what we know. Maybe it is not understandable. I don't, again, I don't know. But based upon what we know, it's completely reasonable for Brianna Taylor's boyfriend to think that this was her ex-boyfriend who officers were effectively looking for either him or things pertaining to him and his alleged drug dealing. So what was supposed to happen at that point once the first bullet was first shot was fired? What was supposed to happen? I want to play this really quickly. Joy Reid, and I want you to listen to this and I want to I'd love to ask her what should have happened. 
at this point. Once the, 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 the warrant was issued, officers now are executing or you know doing what the warrant says. A shot is fired in that apartment. What should have happened then? What should have happened then? Listen to what she has to say here. That apartment is associated with someone who was associated with you. So sorry if they bust in and they start licking off shots and you get killed, your death is irrelevant to the law in the state of Kentucky. Your death doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. This was a Black Lives Don't Matter ruling because they said that her life was irrelevant, that the life of her boyfriend, who was in the apartment with her, didn't matter, that he attempting to defend her was the crime. The potential crime was him trying to defend his castle. So the castle doctrine is wiped away when police bust into your home. You don't have the right to defend yourself. You don't have the right to survive. You don't have the right to have medical attention applied to you. These officers don't even have to try to save you. They can just shoot you. That is what I heard in this. Now, it didn't surprise me. I will say I have lost the, the, the capacity to be surprised. I'm never surprised anymore because here's the problem. The authority who will decide if your life is worth pursuing a case over is the partner of the police, their partner who works with them to make cases, who works with them every day, who knows them by first name, probably sends them Christmas cards, knows who their kids are, their friend, their partner, the prosecutor will decide if your life matters. And guess what? In 99% of those cases, they will say it doesn't. Okay, we'll talk about this after the break. We'll talk about this after the break. I will say that there are some things that she says here that are fair questions, I think. But there's also some comments in here that I think are completely inflammatory and are not a fair representation of what actually happened or our system. But there are fair questions here, fair things that she raises, some things I might be able to find some degree of agreement with. But there's absolutely some other things that I cannot find any agreement with here. She said that this was a Black Lives Matter, excuse me, Black Lives Don't Matter ruling today. And I want to kind of pick that apart when we get back. Quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I'm going to look at this really this really quickly again, what Joy Reid said. In fact, I want to play this as, and, and as she's saying this and, and, and talk about a couple of the things she's, she's saying here. So again, in referencing what the police did by uh, coming in to the apartment of Breonna Taylor, uh, executing a search warrant, um... This is, you know, and then, of course, the boyfriend, not knowing it was the police, fires and police return fire. This is this is what she says that that that, that tells us that this, this is what the state of the rule of law is in the state of Kentucky. They're just saying that apartment is associated with someone who was associated with you. So sorry if they bust in and they start licking off shots and you get killed. Your death is irrelevant to the law. In the- okay, pause. 
there's obviously more to it than that. The the fact that it's it's not about whether or not they are at at that particular point. Um, it, it's it's not about it, it. It was about what happened and what transpired once they were inside that apartment and they were shot at. It wasn't. It wasn't as though the grand jury looked at this and said, you know, um, the person they were looking for wasn't there or whatever. It it was they hadn't. They had a search warrant. You can't. You can't hold. Um, this is a complicated issue on a lot of levels. But when you're an officer and you're executing a search warrant and you get shot at, they don't say, "Well, too bad." You know, you're associated with someone we're looking for. We can shoot you. That's not what this was about. The, the, what this was about was they got shot at, and they have the right to protect themselves. Now, it's tragic and under, and understandable why uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend fired the shot. Certainly, I mean, based upon what we know, that's an understandable thing. It's also understandable why police returned fire. And so this is not an accurate depiction of this. This is just not this particular part of what she has to say. She continues here. State of Kentucky, your death doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. This was a black lives don't matter ruling. Okay, pause. It's clear that no one, I guess my question would be, in order to say that her life mattered, is it necessary to say that she was murdered by police? See, I don't see these two things. I understand I, the argument to a point. It's saying, look, if, if you if you think all lives are equal, then all lives should be uh, protected equally by the law. I agree with that. But I haven't, I haven't mentioned, other than, than telling you this was about Black Lives Matter, I haven't mentioned the race of anyone. I haven't mentioned the race of anyone because the facts of the case don't – those aren't relevant factors in this particular circumstance. I know that will upset some people. I mean bullets are flying. You know, They were shot at. Again, should they could, – could they have – maybe issued a search warrant in a place that it shouldn't have been? Um, could they have, I don't know, could they have uh, made their, you know, could they have yelled louder acknowledging that they were the police? I don't know, but it says everything that we now know says that they are, that they did announce themselves. They did not do a no-knock raid. You can have questions about no-knock raids. I'd hear that out, actually. I mean, I understand that. We want to uh, you know, folks have folks have a right to know that this this sort of thing is could be uh, dangerous as it is. I'm not in law in law enforcement, but I'm sure officers also say some. You know, there's if we're at the residence of a known violent offender, then maybe there's reasons to say we should request no knock raids. I don't want to get into all that, but this is not because the state of Kentucky is saying black lives don't matter her life matters tremendously what we're talking about now is whether or not a crime was committed an actual crime was she murdered as some suggest they call these cops murderers 
or or was it a tragic circumstance that was the result of a series of events that included her boyfriend firing upon police i mean from his own uh, what he's telling us he didn't know that that they were officers Again, understandable, but to say that they just said too bad, too sad, you live here, you're associated with someone um, who we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get evidence or uh, we're, we're investigating him, trying to stop his drug dealings, whatever. To say that that's how this was handled, I think, is is so far from from reality. There are legitimate questions. There are legitimate concerns. It is tragic, but there's obviously... Uh, that's not what this this was about. That's not what this was about. If there's evidence of that, then it should be made known. And they that's a different set of circumstances. But that is that is not anything that we have. Uh, you know the the idea that police were targeting or didn't care to shoot at people because they were they were black has there, there's no evidence of that. And again, if there is, that's reprehensible, tragic, and, and that's inexcusable. But that's, again, not what we're talking about here. That's what the narrative, that's what the the radicals leading the movement want us to think. So there you go. I, I just – look, this is this is tragic. I Part of being conservative, not bitter here is I – look, there there is certainly common ground that we have with people who have ideological differences from us. I'm not talking about the radical, unhinged, atheistic wing of the radical left. I'm talking about people who have a different set of experiences, different set of um, you know fears, concerns, experiences with law enforcement, whatever. People have different viewpoints, but they're they're good, decent people, and we can find agreement with those. But I'm telling you, for some. Those who are, are are using this and who are misrepresenting this for political gain, political purposes, mayhem, turmoil, riots, and that sort of thing, inciting that stuff, I don't think they have any interest in healing or what have you. This is this is this is something greater. This is something uh, or something else to them. This is this is this is something that they use to achieve their political ideological ends. And that's not, I don't think most people, but there are people involved in this that are certainly adding fuel to the fire by what they're saying and how they're uh, handling this situation, which is tough for everybody, which is tough for everybody. It's tragic. It's absolutely, absolutely horrific and sad. But the question is not whether is it, whether it's sad. The question is, whether it was a violation of law. And I'd like to hear Joy Reid say what should have happened inside that apartment because I I don't know that I have an easy answer. You know, you, I, I don't think you can uh, make these assessments from a distance. I mean, I think, you know, you have to put yourself inside that, that apartment and you have to think it through. Again, maybe there needs to be something done with the, the warrant side, but once that is issued and once you... Once you begin the process of carrying out the warrant, I just don't see what else these officers are supposed to do. I just – I don't, and it's tragic, and it's sad, and I wish it didn't happen. And I've got to take a break.
Switch gears here when we get back. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Yes, I have also seen and I'm aware of the Hunter Biden situation and what the Senate report is on that. I just don't have the time to get into that today because of our discussion about Brianna Taylor. And look, if this is your if this is your first time listening to the program, I, I have to tell you, I just today I this this whole thing makes me feel uh, a lot different than than normal. You know, normally we're talking about politics. We're talking about Supreme Court justices, Trump filling that seat, or whatever it is. But today, when I, I I deliberately we talk about Black Lives Matter. We talk about um you know some of the sometimes some of the specifics, but I really don't get into talking about these cases in great detail. Because there's a lot that goes into knowing the facts. And I've learned, and you know this too, that the facts of the case and what we're told in the first, you know, the first days after an incident happens, those two things are oftentimes not really, uh, sometimes even in the same universe. Sometimes these things are so far apart, what we're told and how they try to fit it into the narrative. And then, so I, I don't, I don't talk about them because I don't often know all the details. I served as a juror on a, I, those of you that listen to this program know this. I served as a juror on a case that involved the death of a five-year-old boy. And maybe part of it's because of that process. You know, at the very beginning, you knew immediately that the individual charged was not a very good person, but that wasn't what we were asked to, to to decide. The question is, is that individual guilty of the charges that we're specifically alleging uh, the state was uh, specifically alleging he, he did? And so this is just it, – it's not comfortable for me. I don't like to get into this. It's the loss of a, of a young life that – is tragic, absolutely tragic. And then you look at all the ensuing, you know, violence and and problems that have arisen from this, and it's just, it's it's easy to see how it's going to be hard to to fix this and get past this, uh, these sorts of things because of the emotions and the sadness and and so so forth involved. But anyway, gotta take one more break. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Winning moments of the program. Something else I want to get to at some point in this week is the race for governor here in the state of Indiana. Had a listener reach out to me about this yesterday. I'd seen this. I just haven't gotten to it. In fact, you'll hear uh, Donald Rainwater's ads on on our program. But Rainwater um, in this race for governor, according according to a poll here um, from a couple of weeks ago, folks are upset with. 
Holcomb. Holcomb was up, I think, in in May. It says sixty four to thirty six percent over the Democrat candidate for governor, Woody Myers. But after everything that's happened with COVID and some other problems people have with Governor Holcomb here, things have changed dramatically. In fact, the latest poll, the latest poll shows that Holcomb is at what thirty six. Boy, I don't have. I think it's thirty six to thirty with with twenty four percent now in favor of electing Donald Rainwater as governor of the state of Indiana. So. Talk about that as uh, as we move into probably God willing tomorrow. But I got to wrap up, guys. Music telling me it's time to wrap up. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.